The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling? Make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. So, Dr. Easterling, welcome to the show, uh, and hope you're doing well. It's good to hear I your am, voice. Matt, how are you doing? Good to good to talk to you. Yep, same with you. Good to talk to you. Um, I was interested to talk to you, and Anna Beth was here yesterday uh, on the show. We call her homecoming queen here on the show, and right at the beginning, <laughs> she handed me her phone, and it had some of the guidance that had popped out there yesterday from Thomas Dobbs. Um, yeah. And included in what he was saying was he wanted people to avoid social events and parties and he mentioned sporting events also so i just want to start right there with you dr easterling like when that came out yesterday from thomas dobbs how did it land with you what'd you think about it well let me just say uh that we have found ourselves this morning in a hot mess in mississippi and in the united states and in the world quite frankly uh, just to throw out a few numbers, a couple of weekends ago, we had the highest number of reported cases in Mississippi at about 1,900. Yesterday, we had 2,457, which is up about 500. Today, we've reported 2,168. So since our highest count of about two weeks ago, we've, we've exceeded that twice in the last week and a half, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got 3,879 deaths as of this morning and 159,000 cases. So really what Dr. Dobbs, and I, I know him well, he's, he's one of the finest physicians I've ever worked with. Uh, what he's basically talking about is risk uh, mitigation. Mm -hmm. In other words, we want to uh, conduct our lives and our businesses both and um, personally and professionally as, as close to we can to <clears throat> decrease the, uh, the spread of this virus. And anytime you have a gathering of a group of people outside your nuclear family, uh, whether you're in a grocery store or whether you're at church or whether you're at a sporting event or, or whatever, birthday parties, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, if you're outside your nuclear family, you're, you're, you're uh, sharing air and space with other people. Hmm. And that uh, increased the risk of, uh, of spreading this virus. And so for my audience, you know, we're, we're all, you know, we had Thanksgiving, it had nothing to do with sports. We got together with family. Some did, some didn't, that kind of thing. But we often focus on sports, Randy. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I think what was kind of jarring for a lot of people yesterday was, when we see that, it goes, okay, we'll avoid sporting events. They're telling us to avoid sporting events. And we've got like the high school state championship games this weekend in Jackson. Of course, it's football. It's outdoors. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and there's seating limitations and all that. But then you've also got things like high school basketball, which is an indoor sport trying to happen around the state. So what is what do you think the message is and should be to to sports fans and families of athletes right now? Well, I think the, the message is that anytime you get in a group of individuals, a group of people, again, outside your nuclear family, and sporting events would certainly qualify that, you're running the risk of either spreading the virus if you have it or getting the virus. So we need to be very careful. Obviously, the governor has not shut down all sporting events, and I don't see that happening. But mm -hmm. by the same token, we've got to use good common sense, and I would avoid those uh, events, if at all possible. Um, 
you know, you can go into a football stadium and I've been in my share of them, probably not as many as you have. Well, maybe so because I'm older <laughs> than you, but nonetheless, uh, even if you get in a stadium and spread out, you have to go through tunnels. You have to go through ticket checking, getting in. And, and that kind of does away with the social distancing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a mask on and you're not social distancing, that all of a sudden goes from a, let's go see our son or our granddaughter or grandson play to a super spreader event. And then within 10 days to two weeks, you got a bunch of sick folks in your community. So uh, the best I can say is this all needs to be done with extreme caution. And I would try to avoid it if at all possible. Mm -hmm. Dr. Randy Easterling on your radio right now. Um, you use the phrase hot mess. Um, and then you backed it up obviously with those numbers and, you know, some people consume numbers really well and others like me, they kind of go way over my head. I have a hard time consuming them unless I can see them with my eyes. You know, we learn in different mm -hmm. ways. But um, what do we compare that to to um, kind of drive the message home for us? Is it is it I mean, I'm just asking as a yeah, person well, that's, that's, that's not an expert, like what yeah. do we compare it to? Well, that, that, that's, a, that's an excellent question. As of yesterday, uh, the United States lost uh, 3,100 people yesterday in the United States. That's 2.2 people per minute, okay? okay? Now, we all remember, if we're old enough, and most of your um, uh, listeners are, 9-11, that tragic day that changed our life, changed our country, changed our world. There were about 3,000 Americans killed on that day. Yesterday, we had 3,100 Americans die from the virus. And today, there's no indication it's not going to be the same, and the next day the same, and the next day the same. So mm -hmm. we're having 9-11s or close to it almost every day. Um, your show, I believe, is three hours long. Is that correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. So at the end of your show today, we will lose 400 Americans from the virus. Mm -hmm. So that puts it in perspective. When you think about uh, – uh, I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, when Hurricane Camille hit. How devastating that was. It killed 259 people. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of folks. But uh, And Hurricane Katrina killed 1,800 people. That's mm -hmm. an awful lot of folks. Mm -hmm. But that's still, but those were one-time events. That still pales to what is happening with this virus on a daily basis. Yeah. That's pretty sobering. I mean, it is when you look at it per minute in comparison to those things. It's good for people like me to hear that. Um, and, and you know, Randy, I think one thing that we, we do is we're all kind of as members of the general public, so to speak. We're, we're all, like you say, we're all kind of weighing the risks. And forever now, we've been told, and like in our family, uh, homecoming queen, man, she's serious about the masks. She's serious about sanitizer. Um, and therefore I am, and my little girl is too, in regards to, you know, using those things. And then we, in a lot of ways, go about our lives. Now we're not going in grocery stores. We're picking up our orders. We're not going into restaurants, but we do some takeout every now and then, but we're masking and washing our hands. Are we good? Are we to think that if we're responsible, we're doing the best we can as individuals, to, to mitigate those risks as long as we kind of stay away from folks, wear a mask, wash our hands? 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, that's a good point. Yes, you are. I go into a grocery store about once a week. I put a mask on and and I, I move fairly quickly, as quickly as I can. Mm. And I don't stop and talk to folks. If I do, if I see someone that I recognize, they recognize me, which is becoming harder nowadays with a mask on. Uh, we we stand at a six foot distance at least with a mask on. If if both parties have mask on and you're six feet at least, then the spread of the virus goes down to I think less than one percent or one percent something like that. If one of the two of you are infected, so mm. those very simple uh, 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 mitigation procedures really work, and we've shown that every time we've had a mass mandate, the numbers have gone down. Uh, and so I, you know, and, and we've become used to it. I mean, I have three or four masks in my office. I have a couple in my truck and it's just second nature. You know, of course, mm-hmm. doctors wear masks a lot anyway, you know, certainly surgeons do it, anesthesiologists and so forth. So that's kind of something we've done through the years, but, but I've never worn a mask as much as I do now, but it's become second nature. It's not asking too much. And I think that if we realize that if we really did this as a state and country and we clamped down for two to three weeks, this thing would be pretty much over with. Mm. And we would be able to have Christmases. We'd be able to have our Thanksgivings the way we want to if we would just do the right thing for two to three weeks, a month at the outside is uncomfortable as, uh, as painful as it may be to some people. It, it, it works. Uh, mm. You've heard Dr. Dobbs and others talk about the younger people. Young young people and children can get the virus, and certainly we've had documented cases. They don't tend to get as sick as the older folks, but the last thing you want is to have Christmas dinner and have your grandparents over, your aunts and uncles who are in their 60s and 70s, and one of them get the virus and pass away. Sure. And 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 that that would certainly be something that I wouldn't want to live the rest of my life with. And I don't think most people would. You're exactly right. You know, uh, Dr. Easterling, I um, I think that's the number one worry for most people. Most people in their right mind, I think that's the number one worry is not, am I going to get this? Because, okay, for example, myself, I'm standing here and I'm healthy and 44 years old or 43. I'm 43, about to be 44. I had to do the math there, but still, I'm not necessarily terrified or even afraid of getting it and worrying about recovering from it, but it does sort of scare me to think, what if I had it and didn't know it and I came over to your house and gave it to you, or I went over to my in-law's house and gave it to Winky, or I went to my dad's house and gave it to him, and the next thing you know, he's in a hospital and I can't go visit him. You know, that's a pretty terrifying thought. And that is an excellent point because now the data show, and we've said for a long time that about 40% of people are asymptomatic. They get it. Asymptomatic means simply you have it and you don't know you have it. You don't have a cold. You don't have a sore throat. You don't have a runny nose. Now those numbers are looking more like 45 to maybe even 50% of people get it. Matter of fact, the CDC said last week that the total number projected positives that we have in the United States, it may well be eight times that. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a trip planned to Nashville. My daughter is in uh, getting her uh, second master's degree up in Nashville, and we were going to go up and visit her. And she woke up on Thursday morning before we were to go on Friday, and she had a little bit of a sore throat, a little bit of congestion, and she's very safe. She she really, you know, she she wears the mask. She does social distance. I mean, she's probably about as 
ardent about this as anybody. So she said, well, I better go get tested. My folks are coming. So she goes down and gets tested, and guess what? She's positive. Mm-hmm. So that obviously changed the entire weekend. But had she not done that and we had gone up and stayed with her in her apartment and gone and done things for two days and just, well, we didn't have to do anything, just hanging around the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have very easily gotten that virus from her. And um, my wife has a chronic medical problem that's very stable and has never given her any trouble. But uh, if she got the uh, the coronavirus, that all could change overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. Dr. Easterling, um, so one last thing. You're talking about, you know, the quarantining. I saw that yesterday also, the and if I'm, if I, unless I've missed something, the CDC came out and said they were changing their 14 day quarantine guidelines and suggesting a seven and 10 day deal based on whether someone tests negative or not. I, and, and I guess what um, kind of coached me on that. And, and am I right? They said that a person that quarantines for seven days and then tests negative should then be able to get back to, you know, going to work or whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. That pertains to people that have been exposed to folks that have the virus and, um, and exposure is generally defined as being less than six feet with someone without a mask on for over for 15 minutes. Uh, and it certainly could be even shorter than 15 minutes in my opinion. But yeah, if you, um, if you get a call tomorrow from a friend that you, you know, had lunch with or something like that. And he says, Hey man, well, I got tested. I'm positive. If you're asymptomatic and you've been in close proximity with that person for 10 or 15 minutes, then you, you, the, 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 the uh, guidelines previously where you need to quarantine for about 14 days. Now it's down to seven to 10 days. And again, you test negative after that, but we've always said, or most Recently, we've said that you're only contagious up to about 10 days. Mm. That's generally speaking. So even if you have the virus at the end of 10 days, 11 days, if you're asymptomatic, then you're pretty much safe okay. at that point. Okay. Um, and what we didn't hear yesterday, and again, I was just kind of wondering what we didn't hear was from any of the sports leagues, uh, professional mm-hmm. or college otherwise, you know, because they've been following the 14-day quarantine for athletes, even if they – didn't test positive if they were contact traced, as they say. They put yeah. them in, you know, if it's a football player, they put them in quarantine. But I noticed um, it, it kind of went quietly because Ole Miss isn't playing this week. But I noticed that they had to shut things down for a little bit there yeah. with their football team. And that's here we are a couple of days after the Egg Bowl, you know. Well, this this is a whole new world. I mean, we I, I'm sitting here in my office, I have a TV in my office. And, and yesterday I clicked on Channel 3 and there's a football game. The, the the Ravens are playing the Steelers on a on a Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock. I thought, why are they playing back NFL games? We must really. And then then the more I listened, it, I said, this 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 thing must be live. And I mm-hmm. forgot because I'd heard on the radio on TV the day before that they were going to play. And I thought, well, this is a live game, and they're trying to trying to uh, you know put these games in at every slot they have. Uh, you know what happened, uh, obviously, last weekend with the Saints and the Denver's game. Mm-hmm. Denver didn't have a quarterback. Right. It tested positive. So uh, I, I was disappointed they didn't call me, but they called this other guy. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I can throw two interceptions. Give me a break. I, you know? I have always but, said, Randy, the <laughs> easiest thing to do in football is throw an interception. And, and I can speak with authority on that. I was going to say, you do. have experience with that. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but, so. but it's uh, – 
you know, everything that we have grown accustomed to and it's just become a fundamental part of our everyday lives has been turned upside down by this virus. And and to get back to any level of normal of normalcy, we have absolutely got to as a society uh, buckle down and just do the right thing. And, and I, I get it. I understand that the public is tired of the changing guidelines and the confusion and all that. I, you know, it, it's weary on those of us in the medical field. But we've got to realize that this is an evolving virus. This is new. A, a year ago, we didn't know anything about this in the United States. Mm-hmm. So we've got that the novel COVID-19 virus. We know a lot more about it now than we did a year ago, but it's still evolving. Mm-hmm. And so um, give us room to work, follow the guidelines, trust Dr. Fauci, trust Dr. Dobbs. They are genuinely hardworking uh, very intelligent, well-meaning physicians that are trying to give out the best advice they can. And I think we would be, we would benefit all of us individually and as a society to follow. Um, Dr. Randy Easterling on your radio right now. Last thing real quick, uh, Dr. Easterling, I'm kind of putting two things in one question. It really stood out to me uh, when you said earlier, if we were to shut this thing down for two weeks, we'd almost be in the clear. I mean, that's a, that's a an impactful statement, and and it, with that being true, and that's a big if. On the heels, also the news of there's vaccines supposedly starting to roll out. Um, how 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 much hope should we have the general citizen like me have that you know collectively we can do something about this vaccine included? Well, I think there's certainly room for optimism. Uh, but what what the public needs to realize is that <clears throat> the vaccine is probably not going to be available to Joe Lunchbucket, Mississippian, till uh, March or April. Uh, when we get our first dose, as the governor said this morning, he thought we would get some in the next couple of weeks. We get 350,000 dosages, I believe. Well, that's going to be given to healthcare providers, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. I think the CDC recommends nursing homes. Uh, uh, then it's going to go to frontline workers, ambulance drivers, policemen, EMTs. Uh, we need to give them to people that work in the emergency room, nurses. My God, the nurses mm-hmm. uh, have just been fabulous during this thing, both in Mississippi and nationwide. They've got to be vaccinated. The doctors have got to be vaccinated. So you run through 350,000 fairly quickly. The other thing that we have to remember is we have to get two shots uh, on, on, on the vaccine that we're getting initially. So if you go and get a, get a shot, if you don't follow up three weeks later, then there's questionable, there's question as to how much immunity you have. And so, um, so this is going to be an arduous task. This this has never been done in the United States before. Mm-hmm. You and I are witnessing something that hopefully our children and grandchildren will never have to experience. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's room for optimism, but we've got to do it, and we've got to do it right. Dr. Easterling, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it.